This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, how you doing today? Topic number three with Anna Kelly is going to be about being a general or limited partner. Topic number two is about joint ventures, two to five folks. We're going to go bigger. We're, Anna has been both a limited partner and a general partner on deals. I have not. So again, I get to ask questions and learn just like you. So how you doing today, Anna? <laughs> I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to be with you every Wednesday. <laughs> I appreciate that. So syndications, sounds scary, sounds complicated. Where should we start? What side of the equation, the LP or the GP side? Sure. So let's just talk in general, and I'm going to talk very layman's terms, right? Because we don't need to get super, super complicated on, on this discussion. But in general speaking, you can either do deals by yourself or you can deal, do deals with a partner or two, or you can do deals with a whole lot of partners. And typically when you have a group of people, a handful or less in general, that everyone's going to take some kind of role. They're all going to have some active decision-making involvement. That's considered a joint venture. Once you move into where any of the partners are completely passive, they give you money to invest in a property, but they have no say in how it's operated anymore you are basically now providing them an investment opportunity and they're an investor rather than like a true general operating partner that makes day-to-day -day decisions. And what that is, is now you're selling a security. So real estate can be a security hmm. where you are creating an investment opportunity. You're getting cash from other investors who are entrusting you to generate them a return through like the cash flow on their property or when you sell it, the amount of money that you make. And that in a nutshell is a syndication. When there's general partners who operate the investment, there's limited partners who invest in that for a return. The limited partners essentially have a truly passive income coming in from that property. Just like, for example, if you're buying into a mutual fund or you're buying stock, you are a passive investor, zero control. And in the real estate world, that's considered a syndication. Mm. I love that easy layman term description because I understand it. It's I, I get it. So there are there when I go speak at meetups. One of the reasons I go speak at meetups is I'm always looking for what topic is hot because I always I always figure if I can figure out where everybody is going, I'll go the other direction. That's just <laughs> honestly how I, I mean, that's what saved me in 08, right? So one of the things I saw in 19 was everybody was a new syndicator. Everybody was trying to raise money. That kind of freaked me out a little bit. I got to be honest. I don't know if yeah. maybe it was just because I don't, I didn't hear it before, but did syndications for whatever reason become the hot thing in 19? Well, they've been hot for a while, okay. um, Michael, but here's the thing. When, when investors want to get started in real estate, right? You can either get, a, get started one rental at a time that you're buying the property you're creating yourself a passive income, you're creating yourself equity, but it's a long, slow process for yeah, many, just it like is. it was for us, right? Yeah. Or 
you've got people that say, wait a second, what if I just start creating partnerships and we buy bigger units together that create more income more quickly, but we're doing it together as a team. Mm -hmm. So it needs less of my expertise in every area and allows me to focus on what am I good at and how can I partner with a bunch of other people that are good at something else mm -hmm. to take down bigger properties. And so buying, buying small multifamilies and then eventually buying bigger multifamily, it's really, a, it's team investing, right? And so the reason that it's attractive is because so many people are so busy with their day jobs and they don't know how to be handy. They don't want to be handy. They don't want to have to learn it all and buy their own property. So being able to team invest, I think is what's really attractive. But the other piece of that is in, an, in a growing economy, right? You start out in 09 when things are bad. In 10 years, you can make a lot of mistakes and still do really well. Why is that? Because if rents are going up across the country and values of properties are going up across the country and you can make you know, 80% good decisions and 20% don't work out the way you want, you still can create a lot of money. And so in at the end of 2018, in 2019, the economy seemed to just be going gangbusters, up, 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 up. So people are like, hey, it's a no, it's a no lose. Let's jump in. We don't have to have a huge learning curve. We'll partner with other people that do and we'll create a syndication, right? And so it's a way to potentially make bigger chunks of money up front, bigger chunks of money on the cash flow and on the back end without as much knowledge and as much responsibility as it is to do one property and be the expert in all of it. And I think that's why it became popular. Um, especially in the later couple of years. I think you're being too nice. Again, maybe it was a West <laughs> Coast thing. Maybe it was just a California thing. We're just greedy bastards out here, maybe. But what I saw people doing, and again, it was a, I don't know, under a hundred, but more than 50. Um, they just, they thought it was the easy button. And, well, true. And it's running multifamily properties is not easy. Yes. And, and that's uh, why we do this show, Michael, because yeah, yeah. If you just follow the events and you go to an event and you're told it's easier to find them. It's easier to fund them. It's easier to run them. Then you're putting yourself in a position to be naive and underestimate the level of risk that's involved for yeah. both you and your investors. But everything is sold as easy. Otherwise you couldn't sell events. You couldn't sell your courses. <laughs> And sell your coaching. You couldn't I guess. You know, sell your mastermind. Yeah. Um, but again, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? So yeah. it's like, I started with small multifamily and I wanted to keep doing more. The reason I like syndication is because I can take what I'm already really good at and buy bigger deals um, and help my investors. But if you're starting out brand new, you have no business taking investors' money on multi-million dollar deals Thank you. when you don't know how to manage the day-to-day -day operations and the risk and all of those things. So it's a high-risk game for people to jump in totally green and think I'm going straight to large multifamily. Well, I saw many of those presentations. Again, California, Silicon Valley, dot-com money. You know, we, we got a lot of, lot of stock money here. People, people would come in from out of town and they, they, you know, I'd ask them, or I'd be in the room. They have no experience. They, they've never even had a single family home. Then the other one that scared the bejesus out of me 
is maybe they had some experience in California, just picking on that, but they were going to suddenly being, be buying in Ohio or Alabama. And, and I'm like, well, who are your boots on the ground? Oh, we'll figure it out. Like, so you're going to figure it out? Are you kidding me? What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And th there is a lot of that. And, and that's the scary thing. You know, I started out when I worked at AIG, I worked with hedge funds. We put together essentially syndications, investment syndications, right? Through a hedge fund and an apartment is just another type of investment syndication, right? But there's so many rules involved. There's SEC, a lot of SEC rules and a lot of these newbies don't understand them and they violate the rules on how they can advertise and how they can find investors and what they can promise their investors, you know, and, and, a lot of people are doing it in a in the wrong way because they're not taught any different. And so there is a lot of risk. And it did make me a little nervous how many newbies I see. Um, but at the same time, the model itself oh, yeah. can be very, very um, stable and lucrative if you know what you're doing, you know where you're buying, and, and you have partners who have experience. So I would never, you know, you and I both coach people. Mm -hmm. I do not coach people to go out and buy a huge apartment building and just find investors and figure it out. I tell them start small to make your, your big financial errors on a small property on your own. Yeah. And then you learn from those and you create wisdom. Or if you really want to syndicate, find what you're really good at and that's the role you're going to play. And then you partner with, for a small percentage of ownership initially, right? Mm -hmm. You partner with very experienced operators who are boots on the ground in the market that you want to be in. And so you get your feet wet learning from them. And then you're not bringing investors into your experiment, right? You're bringing investors into a team who has experience, who you know you can trust to produce a return for your investor and to teach you how to do it right. And that's yeah. really important. Yeah, one of the things that I know I'll be doing in the future, just to kind of tie out these last two conversations is I do expect at some point in the next 10 to 20 years, we'll have another hiccup in the market. Again, I'm gonna probably stay in the same market I am. I'm just lazy that way. Uh, but I'm gonna see a, another opportunity to buy a lot of stuff and I'm gonna leverage JVs and syndications for the right opportunity. So. Uh, all of these conversations have really helped me and I'll be leaning on you uh, in the future, I'm sure. Sure. And, you know, and I think that's something that you said that's really important. I don't want people to, to miss is that there's different types of models and opportunities that work better in different types of markets. Right. And so we're syndication and these big value add apartments where you go in, you buy them rough, you create huge value by renovating them and raising the rents and raising the value. That works really well in a market that's going up, 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 yeah. and where it's undersupplied. But once you hit a recession or you hit hypersupply, value-add deals become really risky and, mm -hmm. and too expensive. And then it makes more sense to buy and hold. Well, if you want to buy and hold deals, you're usually doing it with fewer partners because it's not likely you're going to find 50 people all with the same financial objective that want their money you know, held for 10, 15, 20 years. So different, different markets bring different opportunities. And so I think it's, it's one of the eggs in the investor basket to be able to say, you know, true wealth creation is doing it alone and owning your own property where someone else can't tell you when you have to sell it, right? <laughs> but growth and appreciation can be done well with, with 
partnerships as a limited partner, as a general partner in these syndications, but you have to have lots of different tools in the tool belt. And I have properties that I still buy by myself. I have properties that if they're too big for me to take down, I'm looking for a joint venture partner. I have properties where I, they're, they're huge and I need lots of investors. Um, and then I have other times, Michael, when we talk about a limited partner, where I don't want to be the general partner and actively involved in everything, right? Because I value my time. The reason we do this is because we want time freedom, right? So we can't be the general partner on everything. So there's times when I have investing dollars that I want to invest with someone else, let them do the work. And I'm investing as a completely passive limited partner. Mm. And I'm just investing in apartments instead of stock. And so there's different times that you're going to want to be in a different place as either the general partner, the sole partner, or the limited partner. And you just need to look at what's the economy giving you. What are your financial goals? What opportunities are there? And then how are you going to take down that opportunity to meet your financial goals? I always love these conversations because it just it just reminds me that I need to open, I need to add more tools to my toolbox, right? I have been that first buyer, right? It's just Olivia and I. And we just we just did what we could and we ignored what we couldn't. And that was, you know, probably a mistake. We could have probably taken down much bigger opportunities uh, back in 2010 if we had just thought just a little bit different. So I appreciate yep. this conversation. Anna, you have a wonderful week. You too. Thank you so much, Michael. You, you got it.